Hello there, welcome to episode number 30 of the Coffee with Joffrey podcast. This is a special one for me, number 30. It's not a milestone, but I do have an awesome guest on. Um, quite privileged, really. Got Brad Pauls on, who's a professional boxer from the UK. Now, I know Brad because he grew up in Newquay, which is where I'm from. He is uh, the Nuki bomb, so definitely go and check him out in his journey. He is seriously going places. Um, he's he's 14-0 in his professional career. Um, and when you listen to this, he's just a real down-to-earth, genuine guy. Um, you know, he, he's, he's awesome. So take a listen to this one. Um, go and support him because, as you'll find out from listening to this, professional boxing isn't always just about how good you are. There's a lot of other um you know things around it so go and give him a like go and give him a share go and support him and uh he comes out with some really really good points in this one and i think for someone who goes through those stages of of being a boxer going into training camps and going through 10 to 12 weeks of you know being all in um you know i think we can take a lot of and just the general population we can take a lot of um things from what he says in terms of his advice and following and being a little bit more uh, regimented, restrictive, and, and really sticking to your guns in the times that matter when it's really important to you. And then the other side of it, finding some balance and, and letting your hair down as well to make sure that you don't burn out. So I promise you, this is a really good one. I'm really pumped that I got him on for episode 30. So here we go. Brad, how you doing, mate? I'm all good. Cheers. Thank you. Buzzing to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. It's awesome. I, I just shot, sh- I shot you a message, what, a couple of months ago, just asking if you come on. I was buzzing when you said that you would come on and Obviously, yeah. you as a boxer, but obviously in the fitness industry as well. And obviously, my podcast is all about that. So you seem like a good person to get on and being from Nuke, yeah, very, well, the Nuki bomb. Yeah, yeah, very fitting. Um, yeah, so I'm happy to be here, man. Um, ready. Do you want to uh, give yourself a little bit of an introduction? Uh, yeah, I'll go for it. Um, my name's Brad Pauls from Nuki Cornwall, um, professional boxer, also do PT on the side. Um, former Southern Area champ and uh, yeah, making my way up. Good man. So how did you, um, this will be one of the like questions that people were thinking, you know, how did you get into boxing? Not necessarily the level that you've got to now. I think I saw in one of your interviews actually, or, or something that you posted on Instagram. Um, is it right that yeah. you were like fighting at school and then your granddad was the one who kind of pointed you in that direction? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, quite a typical story, really, with boxing. Like, um, typical, like, little troublemaker at school, always fighting. And then when I discovered it, my granddad was showing me on TV, and I just couldn't fathom that they was allowed to do it. Like, the yeah. stuff, the same stuff I was getting in trouble for was a legal, promoted thing to do that you're allowed to do. You know, I just couldn't believe it. And then as soon as I knew about it, it was it. I was solved. There was no turning back. Done. How old were you then? Probably nine turning ten. Okay, yeah, so um, you, you went down to like a local club and just started started from there? Yeah, so luckily, the, the time I got told about it, the exact same time, Nuki Amateur Boxing Club just started up. Okay. It, was in a little, it was in a little unit somewhere, probably the size of a living room. Yeah. And um, And yeah. Um, and then as soon as it opened up, I joined up straight away and I've never had a season off or looked back since. So that's it, I was sold. Oh, nice, man. Obviously, you went all the way up through the amateur ranks. Like one thing that I'm really interested in is that transition into going to pro. 
And obviously there's so many different aspects to it, but in particular, just things like, you know, your lifestyle, your training, your nutrition, that type of stuff. What were like the biggest changes that you found? Um, so it's, it's so different in terms of what you need to do to make the fights happen. Because as an amateur, you fight every other week. Don't have to sell a ticket. You just turn up. You fight the, one of the best people in the country. And then that's it. There's no, no stress. Don't have to promote anything. Um, but as a professional, it's business. It's about money. And it's like, when you turn pro, you think it's just about how good you are. But it's not. It's about how good you are at promoting yourself advertising yourself, marketing, pr like promotion, being good on social media. It's more than just the fighting. It's the whole package, especially in this day and age of social media. So that side of it took a bit of getting used to. Um, where it can make a difference in between getting sponsors, not getting sponsors, getting a fight, not getting a fight, ticket sales, etc. cetera. Um, and then the actual boxing itself, where amateurs are higher paced, um, point scoring, um, and it's 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 made for you. It's not made for entertainment. It's made for like accolade or professional boxing. Really small gloves, longer rounds. So they want it to be entertaining and more likely of getting a knockout. So uh, which suited me, which absolutely suited me down to the ground. I absolutely love that about it. Like yeah. when I first turned pro and I put the professional gloves on, the ten ounce. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. I thought they was illegal. I was like, no way am I allowed to wear these. They're tiny and. Uh, yeah, so it's made for entertainment, but the transition, the lifestyle, is you got to be consistent. Even when you don't have a fight, which I've learned, you need to stay at some level of fitness because you never know what might come up. And it's being an all-round professional, like inside a camp, outside a camp, how you go on is how well you'll do, I think. If you, for example, like Ricky Hatton, and you party too much outside a your training camps and it will just shorten your career. He was done in 31, 30. But then someone like Mayweather didn't drink and he didn't take many shots to go until he was 39. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, that's what I've took from it so far. Yeah. That's interesting. And just going back to what you said before about that transition and like so much more in terms of like it being a business and stuff, I guess for someone, you know, when you first started out and, and even now trying to grow it to the top of your sport of where you want to get to, because you've got, I know you've got real high ambitions, you know, yeah. just, it's not just, obviously it's your local community that know you and that support you. And I know you get a huge amount of support, like, and everybody yeah. sharing and posting and stuff. But I guess it's trying to expand that to a bigger level, right? And going yeah. through different processes. Yeah. It's, um, but it's not something you're ever taught. No one's taught you how to do it. You have to, Try learn and understand yourself. I'm not an expert in marketing or advertising. I'm just, I'm a fighter. So all I want to do is fight. It's something I've had to learn as I go. But it's the, it's the difference between... You hear stories of people like... I don't know if you know him. Um, David Allen. You heard of him? Uh, no, I don't think so. But so he's, a, he's a heavyweight from Doncaster. And amazing character, personality. Does amazing on social media. Does ridiculously funny things like controversial as the debates that are really funny. He's not necessarily that good in terms of his ability, but he's made quadrupled in the amount of what his ability would allow him to. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He's so good at marketing himself. It can take you further and make you achieve more than what your sort of capabilities are. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, nah, get that. And then you, have, then you have people who are amazing amateurs and 
got all these medals and they can't sell a ticket so they won't go nowhere yeah that's amazing and that's not something that like i fully understood obviously i knew it was a a big part of boxing but even just from your aspects getting into it like how much of a big part it plays massive yeah it's massive but always learning like i'm i'm not the best at it but i'm getting there i think yeah, That's right, it's tricky, um, AJ had his fight over in Saudi, which is just next door to Dubai. Uh, yeah, Canada, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, that was big. But out here, I think Saudi are always trying to push bigger fights coming out, and I guess that's down to money. And you know, it's yeah, when they can the money talks. Life. The money's there. That's why the fight was there. The money was there, so the fight was there, and that's what it comes down to. Yeah, that's always good. Background to money. You said about that transition then, in terms of you know training camps and uh, being a professional all year round, like. You know, you, you seem to have struck a nice balance in terms of your progression, but you're still, you know, you're able, able to enjoy your life, you know, spend time with your family and friends outside of training camps and stuff. What's the key yeah. there? Um, I think you have to enjoy training. Like, if you absolutely hate just exercise, then you really have to force yourself to do it um, when you're out of camp. Um, we, have, we have friends who have similar interests who like to train. Just want to go back home. I tend to, oh, what are you saying? You want to go for a run? You meet a friend who wants to go for a run with me. Yeah. Or we go gym. Um, and it makes it easier. Um, but if you're too strict um, and you don't relax outside of camp, you'll burn out. There's no way you can last. You can't be constantly going, you need to rest. And so it's understanding like the healthy balance of the right amount of rest, but without getting in the worst shape you possibly can. So, um, yeah, it's. It's about it balance. Be, it must be like, it's, it, I don't think it's anything that I've ever had, but it must be nice going into, you know, h- how long is a training camp for you generally? Well, 12 weeks. So it must be nice going into like a 12 weeks. I guess it's kind of like a mindset that someone who was just, you know, trying to get fitter, get healthier, they go into that kind of 12 week mindset as well. Yeah. But yours has almost like, yours has that bigger prize or bigger um, thing at yeah. the end of it. Yeah, so you work into like a definite goal. You ha- there's no wiggle room. Like you have to diet, you have to hit these numbers in the gym um, because you have to win this fight. There's no, and in this 12 weeks, it, and it's nice, it's motivated. It's so much easier to train because as you train, you constantly have this fight date on your mind or the opponent. And it's just, there's no where to slack. You know, you cannot afford, afford to slack. So you are 100% in all the time in training camp. And it's like, Training camps like the mindset of all in, like that's it. You're all in. No drinking, diets, hundred percent. Trains, hundred percent. And there's no no letting up. So training is all in, and obviously like nutrition, you're hitting your macros and calories, all of that jazz. Yeah, yeah. Count all my calories, macronutrients. Um, I use my fitness power. Don't know if you're familiar yeah. with it. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, the more you do it, the easier it gets. Like you understand, like making weight is part of my job. Absolutely horrible. Yeah. Uh, I have to lose a lot of weight. But the more you do it, it's never going to be easy, but you just make it less stressful and you can balance it better. Yeah. Is how I'd describe it. It would never be easy. But um, but yeah, it's, it's like anything. The more you do it, the better you get it, I suppose. Yeah, that's interesting. What about on... One of the things I wanted to ask you about your like your coaching side, obviously you have boxing coach, fitness coach, all that type of stuff. You have a team around you. But I know that you or you have done in the past worked with someone on your kind of like your mental mental side of yeah. your training as well. What does that involve? Who are you kind of working um, with there? Yeah, it's 
So my last two fights, and my last yeah, so twice last year, a guy called Lee Johnson, um, Sports Mode UK, and he's got years of experience in like how to apply yourself to a task, to a job, um, and then how your thought process to make yourself more confident in your preparation. Okay. So it's um, and the way he describes it is like all these little things that you do, if your mind's right, just adds a few percent to your to your overall game. And that could be the difference between winning and losing. And it's it's basically just reiterating that what you're doing in training camp is what it's gonna take to win and it gives you confidence from what you've done. Um and it gives you a bit of perspective and anywhere that you can gain any advantage, I think, you've got to take it. It's just those one percent, yeah. Just that's what he says. That's what we say. The the one percent is like, um, uh, there's anchoring emotions before the fight. Obviously, the feeling of winning, and you anchor these emotions to, to the upcoming task. And it's it's crazy how it works, but it's, I definitely think any athlete up, up and coming should look into it and do it because, the mind's a powerful thing. It's it's crazy. So yeah, it's it's worth doing. You kind of have those non-negotiables in terms of, like you mentioned before, you're training in your nutrition and that's, you know, the psychological side of things is things that you found have worked well in the past and that you yeah. feel really benefits you to give you that extra edge. So yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, in, in top sports teams now and obviously top athletes, they're all working with psychologists to, to really dial in that side of things as well. Yeah, Carl Froch uh, had a psychologist, like mental strength coach, um, and I'm sure there's plenty of others that I can't think off the top of my head. But uh, if it helped him and he's multiple world champion, like you got a, yeah, it's good. Yeah, that's interesting. So what about, um, obviously you're working as a PT as well, right? Balancing out your time and, you know, with your profession and that type of stuff. What what, what have you been doing there? Um, yeah, I, I do a bit of PT on the side. It's convenient because it's not long hours. It's, you know, as I have a client that takes one or two hours. Um, and it's because I've done it so long, I understand that because I've done it myself, I understand how it would work for other people. Like it's all I've ever done. Like I've never not done it. So yeah, um, it's nice to sort of pass knowledge on a little bit. Um, and yeah, it's, it's PTing's just familiar. Like it's something I know a lot about, so it's easy to do. Um, do you find yeah. that you get people coming to you more specifically for like boxing and things like that, or is it more general health and fitness or who do you find your um, clientele? Are? Yeah, it's a bit of a mixture. Um, I probably do get a few more into boxing. I suppose that's my niche yeah. in the market a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a mixture of both. Like because I went to uni and I got my PT qualifications there. I'm, a few of my clients are like middle-aged women who are not, not necessarily into boxing, but, I know the type of training I can do for them will get them into shape. So, um, yeah, it works. It's a bit of a mixture, to be honest. Man, I've not, I've not ever had a client who doesn't like doing boxing in a PT session. Everyone really? loves it. Yeah, everyone it's, loves it's, it. I guess it's just like, uh, it's different, right? They need you for it. It's probably a nice stress reliever. Yeah. Fun. I think it's quite fashionable. It's like, that's what fitness industry is like. It's quite like fashionable, isn't it? Like, yeah in at the time like hit classes and boxer size is like it's quite yeah fashionable isn't it yeah is there so is there anything off the top of your head that you the personal training side of things that you 
you just love doing. You kind of highlighted there, but is there anything that you really enjoy about the, the personal training side of it? You know, working um, with clients and seeing them progress or doing particular, you know, training methodologies or anything like that? Um, yeah, definitely seeing your clients progress. I like, I've trained a few, uh, like, young lads and watching them get better confidence, watching their skills get better. And I know what good it can do for people, like, so I've had it through my life. Do you know what I mean? I, I train young lads and you see them get a buzz off of it. And they might not be that confident when they walk in the gym, but they've been training for a few weeks, months, and you can see they feel better about themselves or they might be having trouble at school and then they, they feel a bit better about themselves from doing the boxing. Um, and it sort of, I don't know, reminds me a little bit of myself a little bit. Like when I was a kid, I used to box. It was like a little escape. So it's a little escape for them. Do you know what I mean? Um, so that side of it, I like, yeah. Is there anything that you, you might not have anything, but anything that you dislike or anything that you see you know, in the industry, on Instagram, or anything that grinds your gears? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had someone, someone message me the other day about, I don't know if you're into this or not, but Herbalife. Uh, nah, not at all. So when I went to uni, um, they, they used to get mocked so much. Like the lecturers used to rip them. And they were just a laughing stock. And then some guy messaged me the other day saying, I've got an opportunity for you. Uh, basically for me to do Herbalife. And it just really bothers me. Like they're just... It's such a scam, and I feel sorry for people who don't understand anything to do with nutrition. Oh, have one juice today, and you'll you lose weight. Well, yeah, of course. Like you're on, you're on like 200 calories course, but it's not sustainable. Yeah, ended up like having an argument with this guy um, who's basically just taking advantage of people who don't know better, and it's not healthy, it's not sustainable, and you're basically just robbing them. So I don't like that side of it. Um, yes, yeah, it's, like? it's the it's the whole like pyramid scheme thing, right? They're not it. The, that's not there to benefit someone's life. I'm sure somewhere along the line, if you look deep into the methodology of it, you could probably pull some positives out of it, but it's the way that it's yeah. sold and missold in most yeah. cases. And it's so funny that you said it was someone who was, uh, like you went, was, you went to university with them or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all just all my lectures, like when I went, yeah, yeah. Sort of yeah. And it's, it's like, um, it's like your schoolhood friend who you know hasn't trained for years. They're the one approaching you, and obviously you're you're a target because you've got a bigger following on the socials, right? You know you're yeah, in a, yeah. you are in an influential position that you can advertise. So I guess that ties into things like with your sponsors and stuff. It's things that you you believe in and you want to promote. You know? Yeah, like I don't think you could promote something you really don't believe in that much. And I, yeah, that's not for me, Herbalife. So. Um, <laughs> Nah, not good. But apart from that, it's everything. Everything's all right. Industry, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I always talk. I always talk about with my clients and like on this podcast as well. Like exercise being a keystone habit. So this will be interesting. When you obviously you keep up your exercise, your maintenance, even out of training camps as well. But do you yeah. find if you go for a patch where you're not exercising, that other things start to deteriorate in your life to an extent? Like does if you're not training, does the nutrition start to go down slightly? Um, you know, do you start to get a bit moodier, a bit more tired, those types of things? Yeah, yeah. It's insane. Like, exercise is just steroids for your mental health. Like, yeah. people who don't exercise. If I don't exercise for, say, sometimes it's nice to have a week or two off. But if I keep not exercising for a while, I, I swear I'll get depression. Like, yeah. I don't know how people don't exercise. I sit there and I see my body deteriorating. I see the weight coming on. And then if I'm not on top of that, everything else does tend to go to pot. You think, well, I'm, I'm not trained anyway, so I might as well just eat what I want. 
and it's a vicious cycle. And then um, even the little things like you won't make your bed, and then like yeah. it's just the little things like that add up. So if you're on top of your training and your diet, you feel superhuman, but it's easy to forget how you feel once you've lost the momentum. Yeah. So and then yeah, once you've lost the momentum, it's hard to start it back up again. So it's just that's a common thing with anyone. Um, but yeah. If you're exercising and eating right, that's how humans are meant to feel. If you don't exercise and eat right, that you're not meant to be feeling like that. That's not right. Yeah, exactly. It seems so simple, right? But then so many people just disregard what... And we're not even talking about going and training for a fight or going to the gym and doing CrossFit class. or whatever. We're just talking about yeah. moving, right? Yeah. Like, it doesn't necessarily have... You have to go and do a hit class every single day. But, like... If you're an active person who has it on their mind, like it sounds cliche, but like take the stairs, anything, and then be conscious of what you're eating and taking in your body. And then you'll feel better about it. If you neglect your body and abuse it, you will feel like a piece of shit. So yeah, it's yeah. No, the way of the world. That's awesome. What's, uh, let's move on then. What's, what's the future looking like for you then, mate? Um, Hopefully good. I'm just working my way towards an English title fight. Um, there's a few things going on in the background. I'm trying to organise and plan. I'm absolutely dying to get on TV, but it's it's not that simple. I want to go on a Sky Sports show. Uh, and then it comes back around to, to numbers and money again. So if they want you on these shows, they want you to sell a lot of tickets and me being from Cornwall was sort of an advantage and disadvantage at the same time because a lot of the TV shows are in London and I can't sell that many tickets in London. So, yeah, yeah, I'm trying, trying to get on TV, but I, keep, I always train hard and then one step at a time. So the next one's the English and then I would absolutely one day love the British title, the Lonsdale belt, best looking belt. Yes, mate, that'd be awesome. I guess you have yeah. to be pretty stringent with your you know, trying to do the business side of it, but making sure that you're doing the work as well. I guess that's one of the skills of, of doing what you do. Yeah, like you need, I leave it to my manager and he should be trying to get me out there as much as possible. And my side of the deal is I've got to train as hard as possibly can, prepare and promote myself as much as I can. Um, but in a little bit, a little bit of it's luck, a little bit of the right place, right time, a little bit of it is, a little bit of it is, it's not what you know, it's who you know. So, yeah, just hopefully a bit of luck comes my way and I can get on TV and have an opportunity. So, oh man, that'd be awesome. Like, just seeing your journey, um, obviously, lucky to have known you when we were younger. So, seeing your journey, what are you 14 and 0 now? 14 and 0, yeah, 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 that's sweet, man. It'd be, it'd be so good to, to see you at your pinnacle. Like, you've got big ambitions and I'm sure you can back them up as well. So, I'm looking forward to seeing you keep on progressing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at the minute, we don't even meet my manager say this, we cope my coach says yes we don't really know how good I am yet because I haven't in boxing you tend to sort of find your level like it might be southern area level English level British level but at the moment I've not breezed through but I've gone through whatever's come my way so we're still figuring out what my level is and I'm hoping it's the British so um yeah it's been been pro nearly four years so it's been some journey but got years left so uh, that's awesome time. one last question I want to ask you before because I know you're going to train now um I always ask for like a tip for the listeners or even just a bit of advice or something, whether it's, uh, you know, through nutrition or exercise or psychological or anything. Have you got anything for the listeners that they can take home today? 
Um, I'll go for a nutritional one. Um, nice. The first thing you do when you get up is drink a pint of water before you do anything else. I love it. I find that helps me a lot. Like, because you go on eight hours without having a drink, you don't really realise how dehydrated you are. So the first thing I do when I get up is basically down a pint of water. Mate, that's, um, awesome. it, that's so practical. It's very well. simple, but it's very effective. Always make sure your wee's clear and you're always hydrated. Um, yeah. Really, really simple bit of advice, but it does help. So I think that's probably one of the best tips we've had. People can literally do that tomorrow, so that's awesome. Um, yeah. What I wanted to say, mate, just before we wrap up, um, obviously you're still promoting yourself as well. Where can we find you? What's like your Instagram and where can we find you? Um, all over social media. So Facebook is Brad Pauls, um, hyphen professional boxer. Instagram is just at Brad Pauls. And Twitter is Brad underscore Pauls. So follow me, follow the journey um, and keep updated with my progress. Yeah, I'll, I'll link them in there as well. And like, I'll be spreading the word. I know obviously I'm in Dubai, but if there's, there's plenty of uh, British expats this direction as well. So if they do happen to listen yeah. to this, they can follow your journey and you never know. What, what opportunities come from there? You might be fighting in Saudi, mate. You never know. <laughs> Get me on AJ's undercard. It's sweet. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, yeah. Cheers, man. Just let all me right, know mate. when you've um, when you've sorted it all, then I'll share it and try to promote it and stuff and get the yeah. viewing figures up and that. So just let me know. Perfect. Thanks very much, mate. I'll catch you soon. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate it, mate. Speak to you soon. All right. Take care. Bye.